Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a Tuesday morning edition of JM in the AM. This is Benjamin Siegel sitting in for my father, Mr. Siegel, who will be joining us later in the program after his historic journey to Israel yesterday with Nefesh Benefesh and hundreds of Olim. Welcome to JM in the AM.
Hashem, please let us be favored, let us be heard, and consider the memory of our Avais. Remember Mashiach ben David, and remember your holy city of Yerushalayim, and remember us, your entire people, your nation Israel, for good things, for deliverance, for goodness, and for life, and for peace.
just heard Arim Roshi by the Maccabees, followed by Anim Zmiros from Lev Dahor, the old Yala Diavo from the Miami Boys Choir, and Ribono Show Olam from Yossi Goldstein and Chabad Nigunim. The weather outside right now is currently 71 degrees here in Jersey City, nice and sunny. Jerusalem and Tel Aviv are both at 86 degrees this afternoon and partly cloudy. And to our friends in Kambasora, a little bit cooler, 65 degrees, um, with a slight chance of rain a little later on in the day. This is Benjamin Siegel filling in today for my father, Mr. Nachum Siegel, who will be joining us later in this hour from sunny Jerusalem after his historic trip yesterday with Nefesh Benefesh, where hundreds of Olim came to Israel despite the situation going on right now. Here is Lahavienu from A.K.A. Pella.
just heard some wonderful music from our three-week selection of a cappella. First we had Yigdal by 613, followed by Nahum Stark's Mia Deer, and TikTok by A.K.A. Pella, followed by Achinu from the album A Kumzitz in the Rain. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I am Benjamin Siegel, your host for today's show. My father, Nahum, will be joining us today at 7.45 on the air to report from Israel uh, about the historic flight that Nefesh Benefesh took yesterday that he went with them on. Uh, check out the Nachum Siegel Network Facebook page if you'd like to see some recently updated photos of the, uh, of the flight. And uh, stay tuned. Oh 
Shalom by the Maccabees, followed by Yom Shabbason by Kol Zimra. Um, there's some news coming out of Israel this morning from the Jerusalem Post. Uh, I'm reading here from the headlines on the Jerusalem Post website, the IDF named soldier missing in Gaza as Oren Shaul, and it's unknown if he is uh, dead or alive. The IDF says it has identified all seven IDF soldiers involved in Sunday's attack on an armored personnel carrier in Gaza, Six have been confirmed dead. Um, unfortunate news coming out of the land of Israel. We pray that everybody is okay, and we pray for our soldiers um, that they will be okay and that they will come home safely when this is all over. Um, this is Benjamin Siegel. We're going to be speaking to my father again, who took this historic fight with Nefesh Benefesh yesterday. Um, Nefesh Benefesh yesterday uh, canceled there. Uh, ceremony due to the security concerns, but uh, many of us still had the privilege of watching um, some of the great speakers that were on last night, including uh, Rabbi Lau and the head of Nefesh Benefesh, Rabbi Fass, um, also members of Knesset, and uh, the head of the Jewish agency, Natan Cherensky, which I'm sure my father will be able to report more on uh, coming up later in the 7 o'clock hour. Um, soon we are going to be hearing the news from Israel. I also want to give you the schedule of the day on the Nachum Siegel Network following JM in the AM. We will have a, an encore presentation of the OU Presents the Jewish Reaction with Ellie Hagler, followed by an encore presentation of By the Book with my father, featuring Rabbi Joshua Schreier, editor of Koren's newly revised editions of Reference Guide to the Talmud the indispensable Talmud study aid. Followed by that, we have a Tuesday live lunch for two hours with guest host, Executive Assistant Avrami. That'll take us from 11 to 1. And then tonight from 6 to 7, 
We have an encore presentation of the Book of Life with Charlie Harari, followed by an encore presentation of Nefesh Nefesh is Homeward Bound with Yigal Siegel, um, speaking about focusing on Aliyah benefits from A to Z with Naftali and with Naftali de Rovan. Um, and since it is the three weeks, tonight there will be no nine at nine. Um, but stay tuned for that after the three weeks. Again, I want to remind everybody that today is the today is Chaf Dawid, the twenty fourth of Tammuz. Um, we are in the middle of the three weeks and the observance of that, and uh, we are in our three week format right now. Um, we are going to be heading in a couple of minutes to the news from Israel, brought to you by Galit Sal. Uh, everyone make sure to download the new Nachum Siegel app that's out right now. It's really great. The Nachum Siegel Network app. Um, and uh, make sure to listen all day on the stream to that. We're going to uh, we're going to play a quick song until uh, until um, we get to the top of the hour and uh, cut in with the news from Galitz Al Radio. Shalom That is the Maccabees, Marabu. This is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, and around the world on the web at jmintheam.org. The news from Israel is coming up very shortly here. Uh... We will get to hear uh, the news live from Galitzal Radio. It is coming up right now, right after this commercial break on Galitzal. Um, follow all the news today from Israel, and the Jerusalem Post has a blog, blogging every piece 
Um, and they just announced that a code red rocket siren sounded in the Ramat Negev Regional Council. Um, also, that Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu was scheduled to meet with visiting United Nations Secretary Ban Ki-moon at 4 p.m. today. Ban was traveling to the region to discuss effort to reach a ceasefire between Israel and Hamas in the Gaza Strip. Um, and here is the news from Galitza. בלצה לשעה שתיים, כאן רן יבנאי עם מה שקורה עכשיו. הותר לפרסום שלוחם גולני שנעדר מאז פיצוץ הנגמ"ש ברצועה שלשום הוא סמל אורון שאול, בן 21 מפוריה. הליכה הזיהוי והבירור לגביו טרם הושלם. האלוף במילואים, חבר הכנסת אלעזר שטרן, ביקר את בני משפחתו של החייל, כתבנו גיא ורון, שמע אותו שם בצאתו. אנשים חזקים, משפחה בריאה. אני יצאתי מהמפגש הזה גאה. שגם במצבים הקשים האלה, משפחות של חיילים שלנו, הם מתנהגים ככה. מוקדם יותר היום, הותר לפרסום שמו של נגד צה"ל שנהרג ברצועה. סרב סמל ראשון, אוהד שמש, בן 27 מבית אלעזרי, שנפל אמש בהיתקלות ברצועת עזה. הלווייתו תתקיים בשלוש ושלושים בחלקה הצבאית של בית העלמין במזכירת בתיה. ראש הממשלה נתניהו ושר הביטחון יעלון ייפגשו אחרי הצהריים עם מזכ"ל האו"ם בן קימון וידונו איתו בתנאים להפסקת אש ממושכת. השרה ציפי לבני אמרה בתוכניתנו עושים צהריים עם יעל דן, הצעה כזו עדיין לא אפשרית לביצוע. חמאס לא נמצא קרוב בינתיים הג'יהאד האיסלאמי דורש להסיר את הסגר על עזה כתנאי לכל רגיעה. זהו מזכ"ל הג'יהאד שאומר, תנאי הסף שאף גורם פלסטיני לא יכול לוותר עליו הוא הסרת הסגר. לא ייתכן שהאש תיפסק והסגר יימשך. הסגר הוא מוות איטי שנמשך שנים. דברי מזכ"ל הג'יהאד האיסלאמי, מהם מביא כתבנו ג'קי חוגי. רב סמל בכיר בניסיין קסהון, לוחם בחטיבה הצפונית של אוגדת עזה, הובא בשעה האחרונה למנוחות בבית העלמין בנתיבות. כתבנו רמי שני, שמע שם חברים שרים לו בדרכו האחרונה. בטורקיה המבהירים, גם אם תיפסק הלחימה, לא יהיה שיפור ביחסים עם ישראל. כתבתנו עופרי אשל. תת שר החוץ הטורקי שוחח עם עמיתים במשרד החוץ הישראלי והבהיר להם, בעקבות התקיפה ברצועת עזה, חידוש הקשר הדיפלומטי בלתי אפשרי. פרטי השיחה דווחו בתקשורת הטורקית. מאז החל מבצע צוק איתן נשמעו בטורקיה גילויים חריפים נגד ישראל וצה"ל. היום, אף הוכרז בטורקיה יום אבל לאומי לזכר ההרוגים הפלסטינים בעזה. התחזית מחר עוד עלייה בטמפרטורות. אלה החדשות שעורכת חן פישר.
Yeah. 
to come home to a house filled with contentment, with warmth, with peacefulness, to a place where the Shkina can rest. This is the true Berchah Sabayis. 
השם רואי לא אחסר, בנאות דשא ירביצני, על מי מנוחות ינהלני. נפשי ישובב ינחני, במעגל צדק למען שמו, גם כי אלך בגיץ על מוות לא ירערה. כי אתה עמדי. שבטך ומשענתך, המה ינחמוני. תערוך לפני שולחן נגד צורי, נשענת בשמן ראשי, כוסים רוויה, אך טוב החסד ירדפוני. ימי חיי, ושבתי בבית השם לאורך ימים. לאורך ימים. מזמור לדוד, השם רואי לא אחסר, בנאות דשא. ירביצני, על מי מנוחות ינהלני. נפשי ישובב ינחני, במעג לצדק למען שמו, גם כי אלך בגיץ על מוות לא ירער, כי אתה עמדי. תנאי נא 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 
Yosef Karduner with Mizmor Lidovid. Before that, you heard Birchas Abayis from the Miami Boys Choir off their album Around the Campfire. And then you heard before that Rabban Sion Schenker with Rikud, the great Rabban Sion Schenker. And before that, a couple of Maccabeat selections, Marabu and Oseshom. Soon, very soon, we will be joined by my father live from Israel following the historic flight that he took yesterday, uh, along with Nefesh Ben Nefesh, with hundreds of Olim, who amidst the tough times in Israel have decided to go ahead and make Aliyah, and we will hear from him very soon. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words are presented with Zecher Nishmas, Harav Zev Ben Rav Yosef Halevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. ...with our series on the three weeks... We read in Yermio concerning the exile, Hahemer Goy Elohim has a nation ever exchanged its gods, even though they are not genuine gods. Yet, my people has exchanged its glory for something of no avail. The Koch of Miyakov tells of a person who was supported by his father-in-law for a number of years. After that, his father gave him some money. He told him to go to Leipzig to the market to buy some wares. However, the son-in-law wasn't too bright. He brought back a whole trailer load of toothpicks. When he returned home, his father-in-law yelled at him, You Batlin, this chayr, this merchandise could remain with you for 70 years and you won't sell it. He had no choice, but he let his son continue and he waited a number of years. The father-in-law began to say to himself, What's the talkless here? So he gave him some more money 
He told him to go back to the big city and buy something that was going to be worthwhile, not something worthless like toothpicks. It was close to the Yom Naroim, and someone offered him a whole trailer load of shoifers. The son-in-law thought this was an excellent purchase because people would be buying shoifers at this time of year. Of course, when he returned home, the father-in-law was very upset. He yelled again, You botlin! Those shoifers are going to last until Mashiach comes. Without any other choice, he left his son-in-law alone, and the shoifers were stored near the toothpicks. The father-in-law was thinking, what's he going to do with all this worthless merchandise? He contacted a merchant that he knows and asked him if he could possibly sell the toothpicks. He told him, whatever you can get for it, please take anything at all. Then he contacted another merchant and he asked him, please could he find something to trade for the shoifers? He tells each one to look for some merchandise that would be better than what he is trading. Sure enough, a few weeks pass, he receives correspondence from the first merchant. The first one writes that he had been able to trade the toothpicks for shoifers. The second one ecstatically informed him that he was successful in exchanging the shoifers for toothpicks. The father-in-law could not believe his eyes. The son-in-law asked, why was he so upset? After all, here you have experienced veteran merchants they failed just as he had. The father-in-law answered, No, it was not quite the same. I had in my storehouse two worthless loads of merchandise that couldn't be sold. What more could I hope for than that one would be exchanged for the other? You, however, had in your hands Kesef Mizuman. You had money, and you bought two worthless things, a Mysotipshis. This is what the Novi tells us here. Others trade nothing for nothing. But did you ever find a nation who would exchange an Elohim Chaim for a different God, that is Eitzvah Evan, wood or stone? My nation changed my covet for a God that can never benefit them at all. And so it is during these three weeks that we realize we must come back even closer to the Elohim Chaim, to the living Hashem. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. Ay, 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 ay,
That was Yassi Goldstein with Nigun Rikud. Well, ladies and gentlemen, on my first day, I was assigned a very hard task of speaking to the greatest um, person that ever has done jam in the AM and has ever been involved in Jewish music. Um, on the line right now, I have my father live from Israel after the historic flight that he took with Nefesh Benefesh yesterday. Daddy, how are you? All right, Benjamin Siegel, great to hear you on the air. <laughs> Whoever made that decision to tell you to do today's show made a very, very smart choice, to say the least. <laughs> everything going well so far? Oh my gosh, everything is incredible. Um, everything is great from here, the music is great, and uh, I hope people are really enjoying this uh, this transition for the day. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure they are. Um, and I appreciate you doing the show. Today is a very, very special day, as you say, and a historic day, and in many ways a very tense and anguish-filled days, uh, day for a lot of people. I'll explain all of that as I uh, speak to you from the uh, Jerusalem studios of JMAM under the direction of the great Yigal Siegel. And uh, we're, of course, coordinated here by Miriam L. Wallach, the Nahum Siegel Network general manager, who, uh, again, led this uh, very, very short mission for us, and uh, today, as many of you know, despite everything that's going on, and believe me, it's very challenging times here in Israel, uh, despite everything that's going on, we had the privilege of flying with hundreds of Olim today on the first of the 2014 charter flights with Nefesh Benefesh, and uh, this, uh, this journey was simply remarkable, uh, very different than the 50th charter flight that we were on last year. Um, this 51st charter flight, there are a lot of group flights, and uh, many people are, are making Aliyah on a constant basis through Nefesh Benefesh, but this 51st charter flight in the history of Nefesh Benefesh was very, very different, and uh, I will explain. Um, the gathering at JFK at Kennedy Airport was, as you would suspect, uh, one that was uh, filled with great emotion. Um, I think the the entire tone 
of the event at JFK was a little bit tempered, as everybody who was gathered there was not only saying goodbye to their loved ones and you know wondering when they'll reunite in the Holy Land together, but they were thinking about our brothers and sisters and everything that's happening here in Israel. And as many people know, those who are following the news, those who are tuned in, you know that there are Chayalim who have been killed already in this war. There are Israeli soldiers who are in the hospitals. There are families that are suffering greatly, even those who, thank God, do not have injured or fatally wounded soldiers in their families. They also are suffering. Everybody here in Israel, as you know, has somebody in the Israeli army, essentially. And the whole country is uh, is feeling attention. But with all that as the backdrop, and with all that as the background, nonetheless, hundreds of people gathered at JFK Airport refused to postpone or cancel the Aliyah plans, and in fact got on that plane and journeyed to Tel Aviv. Now, there are a lot of things to talk about because there, are, there, are, you know, you meet a lot of very interesting people. Some people who are moving to Israel because all their children had already moved over the last few years. Others who are leading the way by being the first people in their families to go and make Aliyah. But Benjamin, I will tell you that uh, you and I think everybody in your generation is already used to a very celebratory atmosphere when Nefesh Benefesh lands a charter flight and any flight in Ben Gurion Airport. You're used to a lot of uh, great celebration, a lot of music, a lot of chauffeur blowing, a lot of dancing, a lot of singing, a very festive atmosphere. And Rabbi Thass of Nefesh Benefesh sent out an email that went out to everybody who was making Aliyah and their families that the Israeli authorities had strongly suggested that because of safety and security concerns, because the enemy, as we like to say, can be very creative, they felt it was better to bring as few people to the airport as possible today and asked for maybe, aside from the Olim and, and the press and whoever was with us, maybe 50 people between staff and those who really needed to be there were at the airport. Now you have to realize something. This is a celebration that usually gets, I don't know, 1,400, 1,500, 1,600 people. Wow. In fact, Chava Siegel told me that she and her group at Michelet <laughs> were supposed to be there today. Yeah, she was very disappointed. And we're supposed to greet all the uh, Olim and celebrate with them. But the authorities went ahead and made that decision for safety and security. And ironically enough, not only was it a good decision from that end, but ironically enough, because of the atmosphere, the emotional atmosphere in the state of Israel right now, it may have been the best thing for everybody, that the celebration was unique in this way, that it was toned down, that dignitaries did show up, to, uh, to bless the crowd and welcome them to Israel, but it was a very, very uh, scaled-down edition of the typical Nefesh Benefesh celebration. So that was the, uh, and, and again, it was done for safety and security, but uh, in many ways I think people appreciated the fact that at this very serious time in Israel, at a time when uh, people are making regular trips 
to funerals at the hospitals, I think everyone felt that this was an appropriate way to welcome the new OM. Wow. The, when the uh, what did the what was the reaction of the people on the plane when uh, when they found out? Obviously, they had found out before they had gotten on the plane. What was the reaction of the of the uh, of the OM? You know, very interesting. That's a good question. Very interesting. The Rabbi Fass, I think, felt, I don't know if he expressed it like this, but I think he was expecting some backlash. You know, people decide after all these years to, to alter their lives and, and go through this process, and they've seen through the videos and, and you know, through all the news reports the way that the Nefesh Nefesh group is greeted at Ben Gurion Airport. And I think he thought there might be a little bit of a backlash that people do want to celebrate, especially at this time, want to celebrate coming to Israel and building a home here. But uh, I don't think there were any of those complaints. And the plane, which um, when we were on last year, um, you know, was a very festive atmosphere, especially around landing time, was again festive. People insisted on singing and applauding themselves for what they've been doing and what they've done. Uh, but it just wasn't, uh, it wasn't to the degree that any of the other flights were, and again, I think in the end, uh, everyone agreed that this was the uh, this was probably the the best way to present this most recent episode of Aliyah because of the very challenging situation that's going on now in Israel. Right. Um, I heard that uh, I heard this morning when I was anxiously awaiting coming to the studio. I heard uh, Natan Sharansky speak. At the ceremony, and he mentioned that 1,500 people since the uh, war ha- or the operation has begun have made Aliyah from different places, including uh, France and places like that, which is just an unbelievable number to hear in the last less than two weeks that 1,500 people, amidst all of this, uh, you know, amidst of what's going on, have decided to come and make Aliyah. Um, was yeah, there anything? Yeah, we were there for that, uh, for his presentation. I had a chance to speak to him afterwards. You might have the, um, you might have that, that, uh, answer that he gave to the one question I asked him after, after he spoke. So I asked him specifically about people coming at this time and, um, and yeah, he noted that, uh, the United States and Canada, um, many other places around the world, and he did mention France specifically because we know what's happening in France. Mm. Um, all these people, he gave the number at 1,500, all these people decided to come in the last week or, or had planned to come, you know, during the last week and, and of course, carried through um, their move to Israel. Yeah. And it was, um, it was exhilarating hearing that. You know, it was, it was wonderful to be with hundreds of people that had come from North America, but when you realize that in the big picture, there are people from so many different areas of the world that are still keeping their own commitments to come to Israel and to uh, lay their roots down here and to go straight to the army and to do whatever is necessary to preserve the the freedom and vitality of the Jewish people in the state of Israel is simply remarkable. Yeah, it was also unbelievable just to just to note that uh, amidst all of what's going on, obviously the busiest person in the entire world is the Prime Minister of Israel, and the fact that he was able via via satellite to. Uh, you know, he had a presented, I think it was a recorded message for the Olim, uh, specifically of this trip was also a really, really beautiful thing uh, to see. And by the way, you know, I, I was with the Nefesh Nefesh staff when they found out 
that the Prime Minister had prepared that message, and it was a fresh message. It was not, this was not a recycled message unbelievable. From, from other ceremonies <laughs> or other opportunities that the Prime Minister had to speak about. Oh, yeah, this is a fresh message, and as we were getting on the plane at JFK, word came through that he had prepared it and was sending it, and it was very meaningful. People, it, it's interesting, The and again, you know, you're dealing with uh, the folks in Nefesh Nefesh who seem to always know what they're doing. Um, they felt it was important that because there was um, you know, a, a lack of a celebration in the usual ceremony that uh, normally takes place, they felt it was important that certain key personalities be at the airport and and greet everybody, and that's why Rabbi Lau and Atan Sharansky and others um, were there, members of Knesset as well, were there to do that. When it came to the Prime Minister, everyone in the room knew that there was no way he could be there today. <laughs> but he did make sure to send a special message, which was really cool. Yeah, that was uh, that was very meaningful. Um, also, I just wanted to mention one last thing about uh, Rabbi Fass when he spoke. He told an unbelievable story. It, was, it wasn't. It was. It wasn't even a story. It was an anecdote of the. Uh, I don't know if you remember the gentleman who uh, who saluted the airplane. Uh, that was flying overhead yeah. of Beit Shemesh. I mean, even at that time of the morning, <laughs> you know, you can get very emotional, and I'm sure the people in the airport must have been, you know, you know, just really touched by that story. And I'm sure by fast had spoken many times before that to this group. And just to finish off with that unbelievable message uh, was a beautiful thing. Um, yeah, he said it brought tears to his eyes, and it's, uh, it's certainly believable. Uh, he's shopping on a Friday, and uh, Israeli Air Force jets are overhead. And an elderly gentleman, he, he estimated over 80 years old, stopped where he was, just stood there and saluted as the planes were overhead. And, of course, the point is that, uh, you know, people from that generation, they never dreamed that there would be an Israeli Air Force. And sometimes we, in the younger generations, have to stop and appreciate the fact uh, that we have what we have and that, uh, uh, that our homeland is not just an abstract concept that many for centuries had to consider, but that our homeland is a real homeland where people can have an Israel Defense Force and an Israeli Air Force at all times. Yeah, and that was that was a great story and a great message. Yeah, is uh, just one last quick question for now: Is the uh, the mood of in the you know Israel itself? What does it What does it seem to you right now? Does it seem like people are going through with their daily lives? Is it uh, a more tense atmosphere in general uh, because of the rocket you know, attacks coming in? I think there are a variety of answers to that question because I spoke, for instance, to um, maybe I shouldn't say specifically who it was, but I spoke to one of the program heads that has American students with him in Israel for the summer. And I asked specifically about, um, you know, is this having an adverse effect on the kids? Just, you know, they are going through a daily routine and, you know, doing essentially most of what they were scheduled to do this summer. But what kind of effect is it having on them? And, I, and, and he described a situation where he thinks that, you know, they're, they're going through everything and they're, you know, just like everyone else in Israel, they're running to the shelters when necessary. But... He feels that just like the Israeli children, they've incorporated into their lives and are getting used to it. Obviously, we hope they don't have to get too used to it. And it was funny. He said to me, the only thing they make sure to do is take very quick showers. They don't want to get caught in the shower <laughs> while their uh, you know, red alerts are going off. So yes, they, you know, there was a bit of humor to that as well. Right. Um, but the, the, the greater consideration, I mean, I shouldn't say greater, the, the, the most disturbing consideration is what parents and grandparents are going through throughout the entire country. Because, you know, I am now of a generation where, you know, I have friends whose children are 
are in Gaza or close to Gaza, and you're in a generation where you can name either friends or uh, you know or, or people your age who are you know actually in Gaza, and that tension. Um, parents not knowing, not being able to be able to hear from anybody, and dreading what they might hear because it's been a very rough couple of days. Uh, I think that mood is right now um, pervasive in this country. And if there's, you know, I see there's some solidarity missions that are popping up, and I know that people are visiting soldiers in hospitals. Something that we're trying to do today, if the hospital authorities are going to allow us. And I know that people are trying to um, keep the lines of communication open between uh, Israel and abroad and, um, you know, show as much compassion, solidarity, and love for our brothers and sisters here. But that, that might be the best way, unfortunately, to describe the mood. People are, are tense because... Um, we see what's been happening over the last couple of days. Right, and since it's such a, you know, the country is so small, everyone knows somebody uh, who's there, and uh, we pray for them and hope that uh, everyone returns home safely uh, very, very soon. Uh, Daddy, I hope we'll speak to you again uh, soon, coming up in the next hour. 100%. I'll be in touch a little later. We have a couple of great stories that I wanted to tell from, uh, you know, when you fly with people who have dreamed all their lives of, of uh, getting to Israel eventually, uh, you always have some great stories. So I'll be doing that coming up, and I want to um, I just acknowledge the incredible work that Nefesh Benefesh continues to do. Um, we saw what happened with their July flight, and this was remarkable, and nobody canceled and nobody postponed. They have another very, very big one coming up in August, one that will include over 100 soldiers. Wow. And I can only imagine, as, as great as this flight was, with a hundred children and and a lot of great spirit, I can only imagine uh, what that one's going to be like. And uh, you know, everyone's wondering what the what the conditions and situation will be at the beginning of August when that flight takes place. So, Chazak v'Amatz, Rabbi Fass said, Chazak, Chazak v'Nitchazek, words that we're going to say this week. We say Chazak v'Amatz to everybody who continues to make plans for Aliyah and who and who stubbornly insist on getting to the Holy Land now as quickly as possible because of what's going on. Call yeah. Kavod, we'll speak to you later. All right, be well, Daddy. Thank you very much. Um.
That was Yoya from Tizmoret, and before that you heard Umacha from A.K.A. Pella. This is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the morning radio program, heard on listener-sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County, at 91.9 on the FM dial, and around the world on the web at jmandtheam.org.
That was Kishoshana from Kol Achai. Mommy Siegel, that one was for you. <laughs> um, it is five minutes past the eight o'clock hour. We will be speaking to my father again coming up soon about the historic flight he took with Nefesh Benefesh yesterday. You've already heard some of that segment, and he will be on soon with some interviews uh, from Mr. Nathan Sharansky. Also want to say hello to our friends at Camp Misora. We spent the day up there on Sunday. I hope you're enjoying the weather today. Um, it's going to warm up to about 75 degrees, and specifically to the waiter guys over there. I told you I'd give you a shout-out, so here it is. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> מאין יבוא עזרי עזרי מאם השם עושה שמיים וארץ אל ייתן למות רגליך אל ינום שמרך הנה לא ינום ינום ולא ישן שומר ישראל השם שומרך, השם צילך, על יד ימיניך. יומם השמש לא יקקה, וירח בלילה. השם ישמורך מכל רע, ישמור את נפשך. השם ישמור צאתך ובואך, מעתה ועד עולם. Ooh, <laughs> Shomrecha <laughs> 
Hashem Shomrecha, Hashem Zilcha, Al Yad Yeminecha. Yomam Hashemesh, Lo Yakeka, Reyareach Balayla. Hashem Ishmorcha, Mikolra, Ishmor Et Nafshecha. Hashem Ishmor Tzedcha, Uvoecha, Veata Veat Olam. Hashem ishmor tzedcha uvoecha Me'ata ve'ad olam That was Yosef Karduner with Shir Lamalot. Um, it is ten minutes past the eight o'clock hour. Uh, we again have the privilege of hearing from my father, uh, who's back live on the air with us from Israel after this historic Nefesh B'Nefesh flight where hundreds of people have just made Aliyah yesterday. How are you, Dad? Everything's good. Uh, how's it going by you, Benjamin? Oh, my gosh, everything is incredible here, thanks to my assistant, Stan. <laughs> Stan is amazing. He's the greatest. Oh, he's incredible. And uh, I thank him uh, for all this hard work, and I thank everybody for tuning in. I um, Earlier today, or actually more accurately, I guess we'd say yesterday, at uh, JFK Airport, Rabbi uh, Yoshua Fass, co-founder and the executive director of Nevis for Nevis, had some very poignant words. Really, we heard some great messages over the last couple of days. And uh, here is what he said. We have a recording, which Benjamin's going to play in studio, of uh, what Rabbi Fass said at JFK to this unique group heading to Israel to move to Israel during these very challenging times. Rabbi Yehoshua Fass. How's everyone doing? I've stood here 50 times before, being our 51st charter flight. And of course, it doesn't get any less emotional. And uh, it's very inspiring spanning this scene and seeing so many incredible faces. Individuals who've been planning Aliyah for years. Individuals that did parlor meetings of Aliyah. Where are you, Eisenbergs? 13 years or 12 years ago in my house in Boca Raton, Florida. There are individuals here remarkably and historically survived Auschwitz and celebrating their 88th birthday today, making Aliyah. Their families who said goodbye nine years ago, Feinbergs, where are you, to their children and now making Aliyah today. And each and every story and each and every face is another inspiring inspiring journey. 
and you scan and span this scene and it's equally inspiring like every other flight seeing the outpouring love and emotional support of family and friends and loved ones and partners our dear partners of the Jewish Agency who worked tirelessly around the clock to help make this happen representatives of Kakal who flew out just to be here with you Yuval Yaini Shammai Kainan Gael Greenwald Moshe Kachlon who flew in specifically just to escort you on this flight to show his pride in your decision yeah come on And like every other flight, you marvel at the miracle of a modern state of Israel. Of how for 2,000 years we've longed and prayed and dreamt of this moment. And we can just get on a flight and 10 hours from now, or 13 hours from now, we will be a Toshav in Ezrach Yisrael, which is a modern day miracle. But this flight is not like every other flight. And with what's happening in Israel, those who don't understand the Jewish nation's commitment and undeterred dedication and love for our homeland assume that this was not a given. Question whether or not this flight would actually happen. And not one of you canceled. And not one of you questioned the decision. And of course you have added butterflies. And of course you've heard stronger opinions voiced to you. And even when I had to painfully send out an email yesterday canceling or limiting the ceremony for the first time in 12 years, not one person sent back an email with a negative response. I was flooded with the most inspiring responses. And that's why today's unique. This flight has an added level of emotion. Because besides your own personal journey, whether or not you like it or not, you have an added substantive dimension to your own Aliyah story. You are giving such strength and hope to everyone in Israel. There's so many eyes on this flight that are just so inspired by your undeterred move. And you're also sending a very distinct message to the world that nothing will deter us from building our homeland. And that although this is our 51st charter flight and you would think that certain things would become routine and routinized, it is a very special day and a very special flight. And when we heard the news that we had a limit almost to 50 people to be at Tel Aviv, Rav Lau called, Natan Sharansky called, Sofa Lanver called. Could we be one of those individuals just so that we can give them a hug? So that we can give them a bracha when they landed. The world is looking at this flight. And you're giving them such strength and hope. So I'll add a bracha. I'll end these remarks with a bracha that I've given to 40,000 olim before today. And that's what we say at Shivat Tzion, Ayinu Kechomim. When you return to Tzion, it'll be as if you're dreaming. What does that even mean? And when you return to Tzion, it'll be as if you're dreaming. We all have our hopes, we all have our aspirations, we all have our dreams. 
the greatest bracha, the greatest blessing that any Oleg can receive is that their reality living in Israel will only surpass all their dreams and aspirations. Mazal Tov, it is truly an honor to be part of your Aliyah journey. Mazal Tov on this special moment. Wow, what a beautiful piece. What a beautiful piece, Dad. Words of Rabbi Yoshua Fass, who uh, gave that little message at JFK Airport before embarking on what was an out-of-the-ordinary Aliyah trip. It seems all the Aliyah journeys are out of the ordinary, but this one especially with what's going on in Israel and with the curtailed celebration that he described. Very, very interesting, and his message was really amazing. Um, I thank Rabbi Fass, and I thank Tony Gelbart, and I thank Yaga Katzman, and I thank Tony Kramer, and I thank the entire Nefer staff, uh, and everybody who uh, made this trip possible so we could be eyewitness and earwitness to everything that's gone on over the last day, this spectacular piece of news in the midst of some very tough news in the last couple of days. Uh, the spectacular part, of course, is this uh, amazing journey of all the Olin. And I want to thank uh, everybody here at our Jerusalem studio under the direction of Yigal Siegel and our good uh, and uh, amazing accommodations that have been made for us during this very short stint in Jerusalem. <laughs> I mentioned to somebody that some people make Aliyah for many years, some people make Aliyah for a lifetime. It seems we've made Aliyah for half a day. <laughs> Hopefully in the future <laughs> that number will increase. Uh, Benjamin, you ready for a couple of interesting tales? Yes, please. Uh, we met some really uh, wonderful people on the flight. I'm going to start with a big shout-out to uh, Yisrael Jungreis, because it's always uh -huh. nice when someone from your own neighborhood makes Aliyah. And uh, the pride this week of the Lower East Side of Manhattan is Yisrael Jungreis, who uh, had an amazing journey. Mazel tov to him. And... Um, and uh, he's one of, I believe, three people from our neighborhood that's going to be making Aliyah this summer. So a big shout-out to him, and best regards back to his entire family. There was an 88-year-old man, you heard of my fast mention it, an 88-year-old man, a survivor of Auschwitz, who was on the flight. And that whole story, obviously, is uh, is remarkable, and... And that would be enough. But one of the things that struck me, and I think if I fast mentioned this in his remarks, with a hundred children on the flight, and so many of them little kids, it's amazing watching these little kids in their pajamas <laughs> running around on these flights. And you never know where they're going to turn up. By the way, they could be in the galleys. They could be. They could be next to one of the stewards. Um, they could be lost for a moment as they're running around the plane, but it really is a, it's an amazing sight and an incredible feeling, not only being with people who have uh, a very difficult history of their own, a personal history of their own, but on the flip side, these kids whose lives are beginning now in Israel at a very, very young age. Uh, that was remarkable, and it was uh, heartwarming. Uh, Benjamin, you can imagine that... Um, as we were standing off the plane, because the, the Nefesh Benefesh flights, as many people know, come to the tarmac as opposed to a regular, you know, airport sleeve. Uh, you actually get out of the plane and you're standing there on the ground. And one of the customs is uh, to kiss the ground. Uh, this certainly was a, uh, a, 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 a very big custom when we all landed in the old days uh, on the tarmac, every visit to Israel. 
So you can imagine the scene when an elderly gentleman, clearly over 80 years old, uh, gets off the plane, leaves the steps, drops his cane, and falls to the ground. And frankly, everybody around him, including his own wife, was in a total panic because all of us thought, God forbid, what had just happened. But then he proceeded to, to signal to us, that, no, 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 he's just on the ground because he's waited his whole life to kiss the ground of Israel as a new Ole, as wow. somebody who has now moved to Israel. Wow. So that was quite a scene and reminded us about the beautiful custom that so many have, that at any opportunity to first touch the ground and kiss the ground, they go ahead and do that. I also met the uh, Feinbergs in, um, uh, from Teaneck, New Jersey. All their children had moved to Israel already, and they now uh, were the last step of getting everybody together and being in the Holy Land together. We had heard from our friends at Camp Masora on Sunday that the Feinbergs would be on the flight and that they uh, are very excited. And sure enough, they were among a, a very excited group of hundreds of people who made Aliyah today. Um, the, um, the Eisenberg family from Riverdale, and I got a nice discussion with them, which I hope I'll be able to get on the air before the end of this week, uh, had planned on making Aliyah years ago. And it just, the things did not work out exactly according to their timetable. That sometimes happens, as we know. Are they going to Nevada and, now? Um, the they family? ended up making Aliyah today. I think it was five years after their initial. Uh, are they going goal. to Nevada Daniel, Dad? Is that the, the family that. Say it again, I'm sorry. Are they, are they moving to Nevada Daniel? Because I heard that story on the uh, Nevish Benevish uh, webcast this morning. Not only are they moving to the Vedanta, right. can I tell you the funniest part of their aliyah? And this is something that I could relate to. They brought along something in their list. They brought along very well. I can't stop laughing as hear this. They brought along something in their list, and they're going to start a gemach with these items in the Vedanta. You ready for this, Benjamin? <laughs> Go ahead. Snow shovels. <laughs> because the Vein Ariel, I don't know if you recall or not, but I was in Israel for a blizzard last year. Do you remember that? <laughs> Stan is shaking his head as uh, as he recalls the uh, the time you spent there. <laughs> and according to the Eisenbergs, the Vein Ariel was under three feet of snow. So whatever happens again, they will be, I can guarantee this I know for a fact, if it happens again, they will be the only people <laughs> in the state of Israel that have real snow shovels. They can charge a premium for them. If it's going to be a rough winter, you know where to go. Um, I also want to uh, say a a big shout-out to the Bergmans. The Bergmans have a a JM&AM connection, and they made Aliyah today, I believe, to the Shmuel. I hope I have that right. What was it? Yeah, right near Kiryat Gat, which, of course, is in the midst of everything. Can you imagine, Benjamin Siegel, that people not only moved to Israel today, but they moved straight to Kiryat Gat, right next to Stay Road? It's unbelievable. It's unreal. As they're moving Incredible. into their house. A great young couple who, um, it was great seeing, uh, spent some time with them in Ben Gurion Airport. And there were two towers on the plane, which was heartwarming for us because we assumed there would be no problem with the plane if there were two towers flying. <laughs> and people are constantly, uh, using the opportunity of the Nefesh flights and other flights to donate towers from the United States and I'm sure other areas of the world to Israel. Um, this one was going to Nevei Daniel, right? I think one of them was going to Nevei Daniel. And, uh, of course, people are always donating Torahs to the uh, different army bases and making a very significant impact. We, of course, had a had somewhat of a role 
um, with uh, our good friend Simon and Dr. Joe and getting a safer Torah to stay wrote, which we're going to be celebrating in a couple of weeks down there. So just seeing the Sifrei Torah and, uh, and, and having, you know, being able to journey along with them to Israel was uh, very significant uh, in and of itself. So a lot of very interesting stories, and of course many more. A lot of people from a lot of different areas. We were, we were on the bus from the, um, from the plane to the old terminal um, with a group of young people that were just so ready for Israel. I mean, a 20-year-old guy who, you know, is patiently going to wait for one year before he goes to the Army because he's finishing school. And there was a young lady from Brooklyn who was just so happy. She's about to finish her college credits, and she's waiting for her parents to come visit her from from New York and, and others who just... Who just were, you know, just so happy and 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 celebrating uh, together. Uh, it was just, it was remarkable. The youthful enthusiasm that we saw today, even among some of the eighty-year-olds, was just incredible. Miriam Wallach is here, and um, she was also eye and ear witness to all of this, and she she saw some heartwarming scenes today. So I'm going to put her on the phone. But you know, you could ask all the tough questions now. Finally, this is, this is, <laughs> this is a good opportunity to. Uh, to really hone your interviewing skills and put her on the spot. Miriam Wallach. <laughs> Miriam Wallach. Good morning, Binyamin. Welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you. I want you to know that I have sat in that seat, uh, sitting in for your father on that first time, and a couple minutes to 6 o'clock in the morning is a very nauseating moment for anyone who has sat in on JM in the AM when your father is out. So call a kavod to you. Well, if you ask Stan, I'm not sure he thought I would make it till 6 a.m. when he saw me pacing around the studio and, and uh, I've, nervously... I've with Stan also. He can put up with anything. <laughs> um, Miriam, I want to ask you one quick question. I don't know if you know, but I think you'll appreciate this. You were on the plane, besides with my father, who's the ultimate celebrity, you were on the plane with another quasi-celebrity today. Do you know what I'm referring to? I don't know if you know. I, really I don't. was on the plane with another quasi-celebrity. Not your father. He is the ultimate celebrity. Boy, <laughs> this is a tough question. Well, I'll give you, you the answer. <laughs> I did start with the toughest question. Anyway. Oh, are you talking about Shahar? Who's Shahar? No, then I'm not talking about him. There was the, you know the no, guy who, from, from Alabama, no. the one who posted all over Facebook about the tefillin? You remember oh, that, seeing yes, that? Rabbi he, he was on yes, your flight was, today holding one of those Sifrei Torah. He was bringing his additional two um, pairs of tefillin that he um, was traveling, <coughs> excuse me, traveling with to Israel in order to return those as well. And he was one of the people bringing a Sefer Torah as well that was being donated by his family. So he had uh, numerous uh, protectia, shall we say, from the one above <laughs> to make sure that this flight went smoothly. You should also know that your father and I, I don't know if I can share this, but I'm going to anyway, that your father and I were had just finished going through the x-ray and security when all of a sudden a big duffel bag came through the x-ray machine. And what was it was a very carefully wrapped Sefer Torah. Wow. And there was something... Um, pretty surreal about a safer Torah coming through the x-ray machine and us standing on the other side of it and this major flight taking off and the the significance of this flight and the significance of all of these olim and these children, etc. And by the way, the newlyweds on this flight as well. There were so many young couples who were just starting their lives together and were just had decided that they were going to start their lives 
here in Israel, that this is where they wanted to make a family, raise a family. They were settling in Modi'in. They were going to different places. My former intern, Rebecca Rubin, uh, that being her maiden name, she and her husband made Aliyah on this flight. And um, all, by the way, all of our pictures that we took this morning will be posted sometime later this morning, New York time, thanks to our, our friends and our uh, compatriots, so to speak, at Finn Partners who have been taking care of that. So there will definitely be pictures that everyone can see, and they can see firsthand what we were able to experience. Right. Um, Miriam, you, you had the pleasure of traveling last year also with uh, Nefesh Benefesh, am I correct? Yes, you are correct. How did this how did this trip compare with the last trip? Obviously, it was a very mm. different tone. But what was the what was the most noticeable difference, or what did you experience the second time that you didn't experience the first time, or the opposite? Um, that's a that's a great question. First of all, I do want to make sure that people know that the pictures will be posted on our Nachum Siegel Network Facebook page. Everyone must the, like the Facebook the dif- page. The different tones for the different flights, Benjamin. Were, were incredibly significant, obviously, for all the reasons that were already articulated and for those that don't need to be articulated. But for me, the fact that this, um, that the outdoor ceremony didn't take place and that there was a much more intimate group inside the old terminal made this even more of a family kind of experience. And from, from all ranges, whether it was the kids, the grandkids, the, the parents, the elderly, it, it really touched all levels. But the moment that really struck me was before Rav Lau spoke and before all of the speeches began, he was sitting in the front row and just answering questions and talking to people and being so gracious and warm and his natural chain really filled the space around him. And then a young boy with an Aliyah t-shirt who had just gotten off the flight I, I don't know who started the conversation, but by the end of the conversation, Rav Lau was giving this child a bracha and posing with him for pictures and almost and put his arm around him like a grandfather, like a saba, giving a grandson a bracha. And everyone, I don't know this kid, all these people around him didn't know this kid, but we were all taking pictures because we were part of a moment. And it was really incredibly special. So to hear everyone speak and to hear the the Rei Bracha from Rav Lau that really just blessed everyone who was there, to me, even though there weren't 1,600 people standing outside, his moment, that moment, filled the space itself. Wow, that's unbelievable. I actually, when I was watching the webcast earlier this morning, uh, New York time, I saw Rabbi Lau standing with two teenagers uh, right before he got up to speak, and it was just an unbelievable um, scene to see. How was the flight? Did you get any sleep with the uh, 100 kids running around? <laughs> you know, the, the kids weren't the issue in terms of why I didn't sleep on the flight. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> um, anyone who anyone who has flown with me in terms of my kids know that I usually fall asleep before takeoff. But there's there's too much energy on a flight like this to fall asleep. And you also, you, you suffer from FOMO, fear of missing out. You don't <laughs> want to miss out on a moment. And truth be told is that we're coming into Israel and, you know, we can see the land beneath us and the skyline and the sun is shining, etc. And all of a sudden we hear the clapping in the background from the back of the plane and we hear the singing and, and really the crowd and all of the Olim were gaining in intensity. Their excitement was just gaining in intensity. 
and, and and that was it. Like everything else just melted away for those couple of moments. It was really quite exciting. Then we touched the tarmac, and everyone burst out in cheers. It was really just very, very moving. So while we didn't have the chauffeur blowing outside, and Yishai Fleischer was not there, and all of the chayalot and chayalim who meet, and, and Michalot that was supposed to meet this year, etc., while they all were not standing outside, and the steps outside of the old terminal were not filled with with people just waiting to greet, this was still an incredibly touching moment. That is unbelievable. Thank you so much, Miriam Wallach. Uh, yeah, sorry. Thank yeah, you for I was everything. Say, absolutely, my pleasure, Benjamin. <laughs> and thank you from our live studios in Jerusalem, from my father and to my uncle Yigal. Thank you for setting this all up. We will be back in yeah. a couple of minutes. Na, 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 na.
A.K.A. Pella with Pia Pasla off their album Premium Blend. Um, we are going back to the phone, back to Israel, to hear more about this amazing, amazing journey that these hundreds of Olim took yesterday. Uh, welcome back to the program, Daddy. How are you? Everything's great. I, uh, the rumor is that uh, your grandmother says that you're doing such a good job, there's no reason for me to come back. That's the rumor I heard. <laughs> and I guess you'll be on the August yeah. charter flight. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> then I guess you'll be on the August charter flight. <laughs> <laughs> no need. I'm here already. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you later. <laughs> um, I wanted to just explain to the people who weren't listening about an hour ago that uh, the decision that was made to tone down or to eliminate the majority of the people that normally come to the Nevis for Nevis celebrations in Ben Gurion Airport was a was a decision that was made by the uh, safety and security team that deals with Nefesh and Nefesh. Um, ironically, I don't know if that's the right word, but because of the situation, because of the concern for safety uh, in these times, uh, it ended up that obviously the celebration, the gathering, was much more low-key, and uh, I think everyone felt uh, appropriate for the mood of the country at the present time. I mentioned earlier that there there are a lot of funerals taking place. And the IDF has named a soldier who's missing in Gaza. It is unknown if he is dead or alive, Oran Shaul. And there are many wounded in the hospitals. And I take great pride that certain American groups, I noticed the OU is starting a solidarity mission. And uh, I know that some of the people who are involved in Jewish music, even though it's the three weeks, are coming here to entertain troops and give them strength and chizuk and to go around and visit people who are in the hospitals. 
And I know that um, some of the members of Knesset are, have made commitments to be at every funeral that's taking place in this country. You know, Rabbi Lau, Rabbi Yisrael Mayor Lau, was with us today in Ben Gurion Airport. You might ask, wouldn't you expect the chief rabbis to be there? They, they would be the types of personalities that everybody would want to see. That would be appropriate. In addition to Rabbi Lau, the former chief rabbi, to be there to greet them, to greet everybody. The reality is that the chief rabbis, over the last couple of days, have spent their time going from one funeral to the next. So there's a, a very tense, difficult, and challenging situation right now for our people, for everybody in the state of Israel. And we have to understand that people in my generation here in this land have children who are on the front lines. And people in the younger generation have friends and relatives and siblings on the front lines. And whatever we can do, this is not a time to ignore what's happening on this side of the world. We've proven too often that we're very good at that. Now is not the time to ignore what's happening on this side of the world. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna speak here on the air and tell everybody they have to come here. That's a decision everyone can make individually. We've discussed that topic many times on the air. But if you have a notion of coming, or if you have any specific effort that you'd like to undertake, there are so many different ways that we are finding out through social media of how to support the soldiers here in Israel, how to provide for them what they need, what to do if you're here in the Holy Land, if you, if you actually come for a solidarity mission, where you can go to visit, what bases you can go to offer your solidarity and support and encouraging words to the soldiers. There's a lot that could be done, and this is not a time to ignore what's happening. This is not a time to uh, shy away from getting involved. Today was a historic landing in Israel. It's funny, I was with people today who had been on all 51 charter flights, others who had been on the majority of them. And without the pomp and circumstance, they kept telling me how significant this flight was. Without the big celebration, no music. The only, the only song you heard today was, um, was the group of people that came from the Nefesh and Nefesh office who insisted on singing as people entered the old terminal. That was it. Imagine, you know, imagine 15 people singing. That was it. That was the whole thing. The only other entertainment was a balloon, was a, was a, the guy making uh, balloon animals for the kids. That was it. <laughs> and, and yet, it was, it was arguably the most significant message that could be sent by people from North America to the people of Israel. Yeah. The media is getting out this message. The, um, the people who were there as representatives of the Israeli government are getting out the message. And certainly the family and friends of everybody who's here from that flight is uh, conveying that message. So we say call a vote to all the old women, call a vote to everybody who continues to keep their eyes and ears, hearts and minds on the state of Israel. You know, we I mentioned uh, earlier. Sorry. And uh, before I uh, hand things back over to Benjamin Siegel in New Jersey, I mentioned earlier there were a couple of community calendar events that are going on that I wanted to mention. First of all, I did notice, and I, and I hope I don't have my days wrong, 
Uh, I did notice that um, the Upper West Side was planning a specific Tefillah and Tehillim gathering that's going to be going on. I'm sure many communities are duplicating that. Uh, we encourage it. We hope everybody is involved in some way, shape, or form in some type of gathering, especially now when it's sometimes difficult in the month of July to gather everybody together for some major uh, demonstration of support. Whenever you hear of a rally, whenever you hear of a Tehillim gathering or a prayer gathering in your own neighborhood, please make sure it's strong. Please make sure it's well attended. The solidarity missions that are going on. Get the information. It may be a little crazy to come here for a day, that I understand. I'm not asking anybody to do what I might do, but it's certainly worth looking into getting to Israel now before Tishabov. Or maybe planning a trip right after Tishabov, a time when you would normally take a vacation. It's a, uh, for a lot of people, it might be a difficult decision, and I understand that. But maybe consider it before dismissing it outright. And back in the New York area, I just want to mention a couple of things. The um, Our friends at Project Witness, who have been amazing when it comes to the uh, the issues of um, keeping alive the, the memories of those perished uh, in World War II, are going to be premiering a brand new film entitled In One Split Second and an event happening at the Museum of Jewish Heritage by reservation only this coming Monday night. That same documentary is going to be shown in Flatbush on Tuesday night and Wednesday night up in the Catskills. This is obviously a very good opportunity to see a new feature, something that's been put together on a very sensitive topic and it really is perfect for your nine days programming, if we will. Uh, for information about any of it, it's 718-WITNESS, 718-948-6377. On the other end of the scale, there's a very important organization. We know it as Hatsella, and they have a fun fundraiser tomorrow night. And Robert Katz and I will be there. I think Benjamin might join us as well. We're going to be there. It's at MCU Park tomorrow night, Brooklyn, New York. And that's going to be a... Uh, a fun softball game, the NYPD against Satsala. And it is such an important organization in our community. Anybody who can come out, participate, enjoy, we, we ask you to tune in. We'll have some fun with that at about 6.15 tomorrow night on the uh, network at NahumSiegel.com. So that would also be a golden opportunity to uh, participate in nice community events. And finally, I just wanted to give a, a special mazel tov. I noticed that tonight RCCS is having their barbecue in Brooklyn, New York, and uh, they always put together an amazing event. The Rand family, again, Penny and Yaffa, are coordinating the whole thing on East 22nd Street in Brooklyn, New York. Chaim Lealgis is going to be there, and um, Rabbi Moshe Klein is uh, going to recite to Hillen. Rabbi Sim Schaefer will have Divrei Chizuk. Even an event that's there to support RCCS, which is such an important cause, uh, everyone makes sure that the events that, that have a mass gathering, that, that there is to him being said for the situation here in Israel. And that's another, another practice I'd like to encourage and remind everybody to do whenever they're able to do so. And I also want to take this opportunity to wish a mazel tov to Yoel Brill, 
Sergeant Yitzhi Jablon, and our dear old friend Jerry Weissman, who are all being honored tonight at that RCCS barbecue on East 22nd Street in Brooklyn, New York. So please keep in mind our friends here in Israel and our brothers and sisters here in Israel, and keep in mind the very important cause back in our area. You could uh, check it all out at rccscancer.org. So that's it for today from the Holy Land. Tomorrow when I get back uh, into the studio, I'm going to try to play some more of the uh, audio footage that we have from this incredible journey. I think it's very inspiring and really appropriate for this week, so we'll do some of that. I thank Benjamin Siegel. Benjamin, I thank you very much for all your efforts and for getting thank up you. really early. You know, to do that <laughs> show, you got to get up really early in the morning. I, I've learned to appreciate it this morning. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I learned to appreciate it. You when do. you write your memoirs, you'll reveal that you didn't sleep a minute last night. I did not sleep a minute. That is true. <laughs> yeah, that that's is true. the way these things work. <laughs> and a big thank you to Stan, and a big thank you to everybody at WFMU, and a big thank you to Egal Siegel coordinating our studio in Jerusalem, and a big thank you to Miriam Al Wallach for coordinating this trip, and a big thank you to Nevis Benefish staff who, again, uh, made it very special for us, including us in this incredible journey. Normally, you have to actually move to Israel to be part of this. Uh, but they made an exception in our case, and we greatly appreciate it. Hopefully, we'll make it up to them uh, one day very soon. Greetings from Jerusalem, everybody. Uh, everything is wonderful. It's challenging. It's wonderful. And keep in mind the families that are going through some very difficult times during this crisis, and keep our brothers and sisters on the front lines and our thoughts and prayers on a constant basis. And I thank everybody for tuning in. Thank now back to you, Benjamin Siegel. Thank you so much, Dad. And uh, my father mentioned earlier in this segment that there are so many things that we can do from America. I just wanted to share a story that my mother shared with me last night. Um, there is a family from our neighborhood who was going to Israel on vacation, and they were bringing a lot of stuff for the soldiers of Israel. And they posted on the LL Facebook page, one of, the, one of the family members posted on the LL Facebook page saying, my parents are bringing stuff for Israeli soldiers who are on the front lines, and they're bringing you know, a few bags, and they, they're going to have to pay for baggage fees. And the great people that we are and uh, the great people at LL wrote back to them that they're not going to charge them uh, to bring any bags that they're bringing for the soldiers, which was such a beautiful, beautiful story. Um, and things like that that we must continue to do in order to help our brethren in Israel. Um, we're going to take a short musical break right now. This is Sweet Home Hamikdash from AKA Pella. <laughs>
משפחות האדמה שלא שם חלקנו כהם וגורלנו ככל המונם ואנחנו קוראים ומשתחווים ומודים לפני מלך מלכי המלכים הקדוש ברוך הוא שהוא נוטש שמיים ויוסד ארץ מושב יקרו בשמיים ממעל, ושינת עוזו בגובי מרומים, הוא אלוקינו אין עוד, אמת מלכנו אפס זולתו, ככתוב בתורתו, וידעת היום והשבות אל לבביך, כי השם הוא האלוקים. בשמיים ממעל ועל הארץ מתחת אין עוד. עלינו לשבח לאדון הכל, לתת גדולה ליוצר בראשית, 
from Yosef Karduner. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in today. We have the pleasure of hearing from Israel, from the historic Nefesh B'Nefesh flight, where hundreds of people today have decided to go ahead and to make Aliyah to the Holy Land amidst the situation going on there. And everyone should make sure to keep in their prayers today and their tefillot. Uh, in mind all the soldiers that are currently serving in the IDF that are serving all over the country but especially right now in Gaza protecting our homeland making sure that uh, all is taken care of and to make sure that the rocket fire is ceased and hopefully there will be peace in the land once again you are listening to America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, and around the world on the web at jmintheam.org. Make sure to stay tuned to the stream all day. We'll be having great programming coming up, uh, encore presentations of By the Book. Encore presentation of the OU Jewish Reaction coming up, a live lunch with Executive Assistant Avrami coming up at 11 o'clock today. Thank you so much to my father for calling in from Israel to give us the perspective of uh, everything that's going on there. Thank you to Miriam Wallach. Thank you to Stan. Thank you to Uncle Yigal for the makeshift studios in, uh, in Jerusalem. Achenu Yisrael, as my father would say, Anachnu Yimachem, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. And as my father would say, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.